Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson, and it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Jones is just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time to talk about day number two out of the owners' meetings down in Florida. Quite a bit more news coming out, including Joe Douglas, the Jets' general manager, speaking and being a lot more authoritative in the way he speaks. I like it. We're going to get into it with our friend who is the co-founder over at U Stadium, Mr. Nick Spano. Nick, what's up, brother? Not too much, man. Just... uh you know, each day that goes by, we get closer and closer. And, you know, hearing from Douglas this morning was, was cool. Felt a lot better about some of the things he said than a few of the things that Sala said yesterday. So the up and down roller coaster life of a New York Jet fan continues. So nothing different. Before we get to the quotes from Joe Douglas at the owners' meetings, and then there was some news involving draft prospects and a rule change that was announced by the NFL, let's talk about Solomon Thomas, the former number three overall pick in the NFL draft back in 2017, which of course was the year that the Jets picked Jamal Adams, also the year that the 49ers traded back from two to three with the Bears, who jumped up a spot to take Mitch Trubisky, so they traded up to get Trubisky rather than taking their choice of Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. That is going to haunt Ryan Pace's nightmares for the rest of his natural life. But Solomon Thomas got picked at three after the Niners slid back. 
thought to be a genius move at the time. Unfortunately, Solomon Thomas didn't really work out. He was an okay player, but nowhere close to justifying the number three overall pick. Wound up on the Raiders last year, had a decent season, three and a half sacks as a rotational edge, and that's pretty much what he's going to be here. This is a player that Salah knows, he's comfortable with him, and he gives him a little bit of insurance in case the Jets have some injuries. They got Martin as a free agent from Houston. They've got Solomon Thomas, presumably at some point in the draft, which we'll get into in a little bit. They're going to draft an edge rusher. They've got Lawson coming back from injury. They've got Bryce Huff. So the group is rounding out, and that's really all that Solomon Thomas is, an extra piece there. But he's solid depth. He's a guy the coaching staff is comfortable with, and that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely, and that, that's all it is. Like, I know, I, I think every move the Jets make now is, you know, under the microscope by the fans, and, and everybody gets excited or upset with what they do and don't do, but um, it, it is nothing more than, you know, a depth move. And spoke with some people with the Raiders yesterday after they uh, made the move, and, and they were big fans of his. Um, you know, they were hoping that they'd bring him back as, you know, another rotational guy, and um, so the one year he went there, he he made an impact on, uh, you know, some of the reporters and, and fans I spoke with. So um, that's always good to to see, you know, usually the fans would be like, you know, oh, well, that guy sucked because he's not on our team anymore. So to hear positive reviews of him is, is cool. And yeah, like you said, he's he's a rotational guy. He'll be, you know, probably what Ronald Blair, I think, is, is mm-hmm. not going to be back. So he'll kind of fill that void. He likes to play inside. Um, Solomon Thomas. So I know he said that in the past. So I'm, I'm sure Salah is familiar what, with what does and doesn't work for, for him. So um, nothing to get too high or too low on, but just another you know piece in there. And we all know Salah wants to rotate multiple guys. And like he said yesterday, um, even if they had the fearsome foursome, they'd still be looking at pass rushers. So uh, just kind of backing up what he said with a actual transaction yesterday. And speaking of transactions, the Jets would love to make a transaction in the wide receiver department. And Joe Douglas made that very clear today in his comments. Now, Nick, I like the way you put it. Joe Douglas basically put out the bat signal to agents and to teams. And to the teams, it was, hey, I'm sitting here. I've got draft capital and I've got the cap space to take on a big contract. I'm ready to make a deal. And to the agents, he's sending out a message that he's willing to pay big for a top-notch receiver. And here was the quote. He said, some hypothetical situations have been brought up that could happen as we're getting ready for the draft. If the right player at receiver were to present himself, we are willing to strike. So there is no pretense there, Nick. Joe Douglas is laying it all out there. They want a number one receiver. The problem, of course, is going to be whether or not there's one for them to get. I think if they could go back in time, they probably would revisit Amari Cooper because they probably felt like at his price tag, there was a better move to be made. Now I'm not so sure that that's the case. Plus, Cooper did end up agreeing to restructure with the Cleveland Browns, but they went hard after Tyreek Hill. Didn't work out. He ended up getting traded to the Dolphins. They went hard after Calvin Ridley, and I think they probably would have gotten him But, of course, he ends up getting suspended for the season because of the gambling. We know that they would love to get somebody like A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, or Debo Samuel, but it doesn't appear any of those are going to happen. Also, of course, Brandon Cooks has been talked about, but that doesn't appear to be happening either at the owners' meetings, and there's a great piece up at the Houston Chronicle about this. GM Nick Casario sort of made it clear that they view Brandon Cooks 
as a weapon that can help bring along their young quarterback, Davis Mills, and who can help mentor their young wide receiver room. He's only due $13 million this year, and then after that, he's a free agent. So they're non-committal on extending him, but they see zero reason to trade him, and they see him as a valuable piece this season. And realistically, Nick, it doesn't make any sense for them to trade him because of everything that I just said that Casario talked about, but also because what would they even get for him? A fourth-round pick? A fifth-round pick? At that rate, why even do it? So the Jets don't have great options on paper right now as far as going out and getting a number one wide receiver, but Joe Douglas let the world know that he absolutely is willing to pay in draft picks, he's willing to pay in money, and he wants the fans to know that he is absolutely willing to get aggressive if the opportunity arises, as we saw with Tyreek Hill when the Chiefs made him available. Yeah, and and I, I loved what Douglas said today. It was a uh, refreshing kind of change from his normal tone of being more laid back and conservative and slow and methodical. Um, he legally publicly tampered, which was awesome. Um, it was a <laughs> kind of a flex by Douglas and. You know, what you, what you said is right, is he told teams and agents he was ready, come, you know, hit us up. He told players, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, hey, if the Titans and Seahawks are slow p- playing this, we wouldn't mind if you caused a little bit of a stink here and forced their hand. So Douglas used the media to his, his benefit here um, and basically put put the Jets on the, on the radar with, uh, you know, the ability to trade picks and pay these guys and, Obviously, the heavy interest in Tyreek Hill did that and proved it. And now Douglas came out and basically doubled down and said, hey, I'm, I'm open for business. Like, let's talk. So it was a refreshingly uh, new way of maneuvering and working for Douglas. Um, and you sensed a little bit of the change of philosophy, even from what Goofy Woody Johnson said yesterday, adding that to what uh, Douglas said today. And even the whole, you know, we we basically paraphrasing, we better be playing meaningful games in December. You sense a change in the slow pace, um, not much pressure. You know, we want to do this slowly and do it the right way. You sense a little bit of more uh, aggressiveness and um, somewhat excitement too, you you felt from those guys. So it was, you know, from yesterday with Salah, there was a few things where you kind of got a little – I don't know, maybe speaking from personally, got a little nervous about, but today you felt a little bit better about the direction and kind of the outlook that it has because they're trying. And that was the text I got when I reached out to somebody with the Jets this morning was, hey, what's up with this? Anything new? Um, And the text back, all I got was they're trying for, for these receivers. So there's obviously there's truth to the other reports you see from Samini and Connor Hughes. And obviously, um, more of the mainstream guys so they're they're out there they're making calls and, and who knows what comes about but it should be a fun four week hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price price line jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it 
Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. The Jets not only made it clear that they really want a number one wide receiver, they made it pretty clear that they are looking to do something at pass rusher in this draft. Now, Nick, that's a surprise to absolutely nobody, but here's the quote from Joe Douglas. Going back to what Robert Salas said yesterday, joking about how they were going to have a bare-knuckle brawl in the draft room over whether or not to draft an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman, Douglas said, I think we all win. I think we all win because it starts up front. Robert and I go back and forth, but we see it the same way. It all starts up front. This game is about protecting your quarterback, giving him weapons, and then affecting the other team's quarterback. The best way to do that is with the pass rush. In my eyes, and Coach believes this too, if you want to take a $30 million receiver off the field, hmm, could that be a reference to Tyreek Hill? You hit the quarterback, you hit him early, and you hit him often. That's always going to be our belief. Coach and I see it the same way. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean the Jets are going to pick an edge rusher at four. They could pick one at 10 or if they miss out on one at four and 10, they could trade back up at some point in the first round. I'd be very surprised, though, if they left the first round without a pass rusher. However, I do think this means that what we've said all along is absolutely the case. The Jets put a very high value on pass rusher. Now the question becomes, will there be a pass rusher that they think is worth taking at number four on the board? Daniel Jeremiah, in his latest mock draft, had the three consensus top pass rushers gone by the time the Jets would pick. He had Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan going number one to the Jaguars. He had Trayvon Walker, the pass rusher from Georgia, going number two to Detroit. And at number three, Kayvon Thibodeau, the edge rusher from Oregon. So at that point, would the Jets take Jermaine Johnson, the pass rusher from Florida State, who is generally thought to be number four? Is that a spot where they feel comfortable with him? Or would they maybe see if they could get him at 10 and draft somebody like Ahmad Gardner, who is the consensus number one cornerback, or Ikim Aquanu, who most people believe is the number one offensive tackle? That's an interesting question. And then when it comes to Thibodeau and Walker, with Thibodeau, do the Jets view him as their kind of guy? Because, Nick, we've talked about this a lot. There are some questions as to whether or not Kayvon Thibodeau fits that culture that Robert Sala and Joe Douglas seem to be building. He's very much a guy that is concerned about his brand, talks a lot about stuff that doesn't involve the game of football. Does that worry them? Me, personally, I'd still take him, but I'm not Joe Douglas and I'm not Robert Sala, so I don't know. Trayvon Walker, incredible athletic traits, fantastic ability, but very, very raw. And Nick, you and I were talking about this before we started recording. If he's on the board, do you take him at number four? That is the ultimate hit or miss type of player. Now, worst case scenario, he'll still be solid because you know that he's really good stopping the run and he can drop back and pass coverage. So it's not like he's going to be Vernon Golston where he'd be completely useless. But when you're picking a guy at number four, you want him to be that home run hitter type of pass rusher And you're really gambling with a player like Walker because if you coach him the right way, it's very possible he could become an unstoppable player because of his athletic traits and his measurements. But if he can't develop that level of technique, 
if he stays that level of raw in his pass rushing, then you've basically taken a guy who's a really good run stuffer and could be an asset to you dropping back in coverage, but is really nothing more than an okay pass rusher at number four, and that's something that the Jets can't really afford. So that's a risk that they have to decide whether or not they're willing to take if he's available there. But there's no question whether it's Thibodeau at four if he's there, whether it's Walker at four if he's there, whether it's Jermaine Johnson at four if he's there, or at 10, whether it's somebody like Boye Mafe later in the first round if they move back up, or Cam Thomas, whoever it is, the Jets are absolutely going to make a move at pass rusher, and they're going to do it very early in the draft. I think that's incredibly clear. Yeah, definitely. And, and if I were a betting man, I think it would be four and... I the more and more the more closer we get to the draft, the more I lean towards it's going to be Kayvon Thibodeau. I think a lot of this, uh, what you hear in the media is is overblown. I think a lot of the, you know, the Jets might not love Thibodeau as all gamesmanship. I get the feeling that he's their guy, and they just really hope he's there at four. Mm-hmm. I could be totally wrong. It's not sourced info. It's not um, anything I was told. Uh, it's just a vibe that I'm getting you know, just kind of talking to the other people and just the way I see the, the, the process playing out and just the fit of Thibodeau with Salah. Um, I don't think the Jets can afford to do the Trayvon Walker experience. I think it's too much of a risk on a team that desperately needs a, there's never a sure thing, but as close of a sure thing you can get um, and specifically want what Salah wants his guys and his DNs to do. I think, Walker is better suited um, going to a team, let's say like Baltimore, even though they're picking 14th or whatever. The Jets, it, it's too risky for their blood where they're at right now and just with their history um, of taking guys and swinging and missing. I think they have to focus on what's in front of them, and that's a potential to have a guy in Kayvon Thibodeau who's easily the highest ceiling in this draft, I think higher than, than Trayvon Walker. I don't, I don't care what the Jeremiah's of the world say. If Thibodeau is right in the right fit, he's playing, you know, he's focused. He's got the athletic traits. I think he's got a higher ceiling than Aiden Hutchinson. He probably has the a lower floor and that's the risk that you're probably willing, you know, going to have to take there. Um, but there, I don't think there's a situation to me, in my opinion, if you don't come away with the, Thibodeau or Hutchinson, uh, I think it's a, a disappointment. I know you can still get a Sauce Gardner if you want it for, or um, one of the other pass rushers at 10, or even if it is Walker at four. To me, it's a disappointment if you don't come away with one of those two guys from the desperate need, the amount of ammo you have, um, and the aggressiveness that the Jets want or can say that they have, um, I think. One of those two guys have to be a Jet in about a month from today. More from Joe Douglas. He says, it depends on who we're talking about, but if it's the right opportunity, we're willing to consider anything that's responding to a question about whether he would consider using the first round picks he has as part of a package. I think that's highly unlikely. And we saw that with the Tyreek Hill deal that he wasn't offering one of those first rounders. I think it would have to be something extraordinary for him to consider it, but he is making it clear that it's not completely out of the question. Asked about Makai Becton, he made it clear 
that, yes, Makai Becton is absolutely in the team's plans for now and the future. He said, yes, we are operating as though Makai is going to be one of our two starting tackles. Also added that he's very optimistic about the players coming back from the 2020 draft class. Not sure why, to be honest with you, because most of those guys, unfortunately, haven't panned out. But hopefully, Makai Becton comes back healthy and is able to dominate the way that he did his rookie year before he got hurt. And hopefully, the Jets are able to light a fire under Denzel Mims and he unexpectedly becomes something this year. But I would bet that there's a better chance that he either gets released or traded for a low-round draft pick in the summertime. Douglas also said he feels great about the Jets' tackle position, pointing to Chuma Doga and Connor McDermott in addition to Becton and Fant. It's funny he said that because I wouldn't be surprised at all if Chuma Doga gets waived at some point. Nick, beyond the quotes from Joe Douglas, though, there was some other news that could affect the Jets' draft plans, and it involved Kyle Hamilton and George Karloftis. George Karloftis, the edge rusher from Purdue, who many believe is probably the fifth best edge rusher in this class, after Kayvon Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson, Trayvon Walker, and Jermaine Johnson. He ran a 4-7, which is pretty good for a guy his size, if we're being honest about it. Kyle Hamilton, on the other hand, ran a 4.74 according to Daniel Jeremiah, which is not good. I never believed that Hamilton was in play for the Jets at number four overall. I always felt like he could be a possibility if he's still there at number 10, and I still believe that. I think him running a 4.74 probably increases the likelihood that he's there at number 10. So if the Jets get an edge at number four, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Hamilton is in play at number 10. And I think him running that 4-7-40 really increased the likelihood that he's an option for them. Now, that doesn't mean they're definitely going to take him. There might be somebody they like better, or they could trade out of that spot. It could end up being a valuable spot for a team that wants a quarterback. We'll see. But Hamilton, definitely not helped by that 40 time, whereas Karloftis probably was helped. I think Karloftis likely goes somewhere in the top 20. Maybe he can work his way into that top 15 or 16. Maybe the Eagles take a look at him there. Yeah, and, and also having Jordan Davis run a 4.78 <laughs> and <laughs> Hamilton a 4.71. I mean, he could have won some pretty good money with that if he saw that coming. But um, not a great month or so for Hamilton, right? Like, doesn't mean he still won't get overdrafted and, like, the Lions take him at two or the Texans at three. Um, but it just gives you more of a reason not to because everybody called him this, like, freak of nature and, you know, this and that, and he's a safety, can't miss, and he's a unicorn generational uh, terms were thrown out, and that's clearly not the case, just athletic trait-wise, and I know it doesn't mean everything. Um, but, you know, I had one NFC scout tell me before the combine process that they don't have him uh, projected as a safety at the next level, and when, when I heard that and, you know, tweeted about that months ago, I was a little bit surprised about it, and now when you see the the – uh, run with the runs and the 40 times it doesn't seem so crazy <laughs> so um i i mean i don't see any situation where he's in consideration at four um so blessing in disguise i guess you can say but uh 10 is just such a crapshoot and back to what you mentioned about what douglas said about the 10th overall pick and including that in any kind of trade the only way that would happen is if like seattle comes back and says hey how, how badly do you want Metcalf? And, and if Douglas says, well, every other option is run dry and that's the only way they can get him, like maybe that is a situation that they include it. But um, it seems like he's got more of a stomach for trading the two second rounders and, and other 
Nick, last order of business, there was a big rule change today at the owners' meetings. Yeah, now both teams get to touch the ball in overtime, which is obviously a reaction to what we saw with the Chiefs and Bills last year. And, and I don't have a problem with it. I think I didn't have a problem either way, but they decided to be honest. I don't I don't get wrapped up into like rule changes and all this like social media frustration from fans and stuff. Whatever they want, you basically just have to adjust to. So um, it probably makes the games more entertaining. You know, at least you would get to see another Josh Allen uh, uh, drive at the end of that game. So it'll probably lead to some more fun and, you know, bigger scores, which the NFL obviously loves. So I don't really have a problem with it, but, um, I'm sure it'll be incorporated into the regular season soon. If, if all goes well with the uh, postseason. Nick Spano, co-founder of Youth Stadium, thanks so much for coming on and talking through everything that happened at day number two of the owners' meetings down in Florida with me. Really appreciate it. For those that want to keep up with this to the second and miss absolutely nothing as it happens in real time, there's only one thing they need to do, I believe, and that is download the app. That's right. Turn on those notifications. You'll get them sent right away. And check out the new takes feature. You can earn actual money for your uh, football or sports predictions as long as there is a real outcome. So if you want to try out the take feature, shoot us a DM at U Stadium. Uh, we'll get you over some points to try it out, and uh, we'll let, it, let us know what you guys think about that. It's a uh, really fun feature that people on the app really like. Try out the Takes feature, download the U Stadium app, and check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some great video breakdowns of some of the Jets' newest free agent additions, and we're going to have more and more draft prospect breakdowns up there as we get closer and closer to the draft at the end of April, so make sure you're watching all those videos and subscribe if you haven't already. Visit our store at tpublic.com. That's tee We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. tpublic.com. That's tee and make sure you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.